Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, while you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the SFP studios right here in beautiful North Carolina. We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to our starting lineup, running the Facebook Live and the YouTube Live. It is Magic Man, a.k.a. Ryan. What's up, dog? Hey, how you doing? How's everybody doing? Good. Great to be back. This is wonderful. (laughs) Nice. Running the the deck, the, the control helms, it is our producer, Brian. Hey, guys. Glad to be back. That was it. That's that was it. I'm going to be back. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, yeah, so uh, are you going to introduce yourself or have you already done that? I have not. You've okay. clearly been paying attention to the show already. We I have. Yeah. This is my first time. It's been like four months, months, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, make sure you uh, check out all of our social medias. We're on the Facebook live right now and you're watching me fumble all over this. Um, if you're not, you're on the podcast and that's how I'll get edited out. So um, Yeah. Check out our socials, Twitter, Instagram. We are broadcasting live around 8.30 every Thursday night on Facebook Live, so make sure you jump in, join the conversation. We do interact with folks while we're doing the show, so we'd be love to have you. Absolutely. Uh, and, and as we fumble the ball going forward, I be your illustrious host, uh, Biggin, uh, also known as JT. And our special guest joining us is Jim Purvis, a.k.a. the Bearded Home Cook, a.k.a. the number one show on Netflix, only because of him. Give it up for our special guest, Jim Purvis. Hey, everybody. Thank you. All right, guys. So I just want to stop, recap. Maybe this is your first time listening to the show. Maybe this is the first time in a while you've been listening to the show. So I just want to kind of stop, pause, and say, this is what to expect. We're going to set very low expectations. So hopefully you'll be surprised and be like, oh, okay, they're not, they're not horrible. Um, but this is Southern Fried Philosophy. It is our take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy. We've got three of us here, me, uh, producer Brian, and Magic Man. And we have different perspectives on life. Believe it or not, um, we have different philosophies, different views on politics, and I know this is crazy. I know this is going to be nuts, but we all still get along, and we love each other. It's amazing. I don't know how that happens, um, but we're going to take talk about that on our show. We're going to talk about gravy, which is... Mm. Mm, figuratively and literally we talk about gravy because it's delicious why not uh so the the gravy part is the things that we love our hobbies the things that we like care passionately about so we are going to talk about that on the show and um so we've got a couple of things that we're going to constantly do on the show how you be during we've heard uh, from our listeners that they really love getting to know some behind the scenes stories of our lives so we're going to keep doing that we're going to be giving you some follow-up and discuss uh, items, so they could be funny, they can be deep thoughts, philosophy, politics, some kind of bracket maybe. I love doing those brackets. Those are great. And then producer Brian's going to give us some wacky news, things that happen in our world that is just bizarre or funny, things that make us laugh. And then uh, we're going to have 35 episodes this season on season five. 35 and we want to bring you some of the best guests possible so we're going to try to do our very best to get 35 guests on that's that's huge for us so 
you know, if you know anybody that wants to be on the show, we'd love to have them on and hear their stories. Cause really when it comes down to it, we love people's stories and we want to hear from them. What's your experience? We may not agree, but by goodness, we're going to have a good time uh, learning and hearing each other's voice. We're going to have some topics that really may rub you the wrong way. That's okay. We can talk about it. We can discuss. Uh, it's going to be okay. I promise. And um, so that's kind of what we're doing this year. We'll be doing Facebook live and YouTube live uh, on Thursdays, as Brian said, around 830. But here's the deal, guys. We need your help. We have, we're going to do these, these season five, but we need you to spread the word because right now we have got to get our listeners up, the listener numbers up, and we don't have a huge advertising budget. We're not able to go spend millions of dollars like these other podcasts um, to, to advertise for us. So we need you. You guys can do it. The SFP Army can do this. So spread the word, take somebody's phone, subscribe them to the podcast, and then just don't tell them. That'd be great. Um, but we need to get those numbers up and have our listeners from the show uh, listen to the show. We do want to say, as we took a break, guys, we got some new listeners from, get this, Mother Russia. Ooh. Never popped up on our, on our feed before. Mother Russia. How's that make you guys feel? Is that do you think they can get our numbers up? Absolutely. Or they can they hack can. us and we could be in trouble. Yeah, do some do some of their, you know, that, that magic they, they do to influence <clears throat> electronic things. And, you know, we could be we could be number two to Joe Rogan or something, you know. How about it? That would be great. <laughs> so if you're in Russia and you are hacking and you can hack, just make us number two. That'd be great. Yeah. I, I've never been more happy to be number two in my life. Were you gonna say something? No. Oh, I thought Magic Man was going to say something there. Oh. <laughs> uh, speaking of YouTube, guys, we also need to get our YouTube numbers up. So, so if you can go to YouTube, subscribe to our channel, uh, you'll be notified of all the uh, upcoming videos that we have. Uh, we'll, we'll try to do some stuff on the side that's not posted, not live. So that'd be great. So you'll be notified on that. So please do that. Also, if you are interested in doing your own podcast, if these three knuckleheads can do it, by goodness, you can do it. Uh, but producer Brian is really good at editing and audio and video. So if you're interested in doing your own thing, hit him up at headlines at sfpradio.com and he will connect with you and be able to make your podcast go. All right. Uh, and then next week we have Mr. Foreman. He is an Operation Decisive Victory veteran that has an amazing story to tell us. So we're looking forward to having him on the show next week. All right, guys, Whew, that was a ton. And I'm going to ask you guys, like I ask you every week, how you be darn? Go to Magic Man. Go to Magic Man. All right. Hey, uh, darn good. Uh, glad to uh, be over this cold I had late last week. Uh, Dude, that was a scary one. Uh, it was. I uh, went even got the COVID test on uh, Sunday. <clears throat> I went down to the uh, arena and waited in the uh, car line for just under two hours. Um, there were so many people there getting tested for COVID, I guess, after the holidays and uh, travel and what have you. So uh, I went and uh, waited for two, just about two hours. And uh, fortunately, they don't do that thing where they stick that thing so far up your nose, it hurts. They mm. still do the nasal swab, but they don't like hit your brain anymore. So, <laughs> you know, everybody knows I don't need to lose any more brain matter. But um, true. yeah, but fortunately, true. came back uh, negative on Tuesday. I got my results back and um, so now I'm just trying to. <laughs> 
get all this congestion. So I uh, apologize ahead of time if I sniff or cough or anything. I'll try to mute myself in, ahead of time. But, you know, sometimes that stuff sneaks up on you. Absolutely. Which it, it's funny. When I went back to listen to the very last episode, the, at the very end, you know, sometimes we do Easter eggs at the end. And uh, it was you saying, I think it was me asking you, so you got the Rona? <laughs> and then you come back and you've taken like 14 COVID tests. So there's that. Uh, Producer Brian, how you been doing? I'm good. I'm I'm trying to remember how to do all this stuff. You know, it's been a minute since we uh, recorded. Yeah. I feel like, like we're at the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, they ring the bell and open the gates and we're the horse that comes out and just collapses out of the gate. Yeah. That, we, that's already like that's been uh, proven. That happened today uh, with me. Right. So I can edit all day, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, it's really good to be back. You know, I've been excited. I mean, I've missed the show for sure. Yeah. I'm doing it. Um, I've been, you know, missed listening to it. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah, Sam was great. We we just been hunkered down. I don't leave the house except to get food and bourbon, so I can't complain right now. Which I can attest no. to that because we're you know, sending each other bourbon pictures. Yeah, yeah, we just that's what we do. We uh, send bourbon. What, what do you call that? It's not. Well, never mind. We won't go there. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of you know COVID testing, uh-huh. Dick and I were talking when we were discussing Ryan right waiting in line basically for two hours, and we had the idea that. They should just package COVID testing with Christmas lights. So, like, just go at night, do some fancy lights. You know, you're going to be sitting there for three hours anyway. You might as well have something to look at, bring some holiday cheer, you know, charge an extra $30 for the brain swab or whatever. But <laughs> yeah, it so- seems like that would just get it. Everyone is going to get it anyway. So, might as well get tested at the same time, right? wait three hours yeah my wife at the speedway at the charlotte motor whatever speedway what is it called the motor city it's a speedway i'm pretty sure it's the speedway i don't know um they have a huge art uh christmas light thing she waited three hours to go through that thing in line just weaving in and out of traffic and whatnot you could have done a lot of stuff in three hours you can get a COVID test and be done i mean good gravy yeah yeah. So, um, How you been doing? man, I'm good. It listen, adjusting and understanding what life is like with a 16 month old, soon to be 17 month old. <laughs> it is insane. Like I had no idea that I would be this tired most of my life. Um, <laughs> does it get any better y'all? <laughs> or do you just, yeah, keep- I'd say it does. Jim okay. could probably speak to that a little bit as well, but yeah, it gets better. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, Okay. Well, that Mine are four cool. and seven, and I've and I'm finally at the point where I like I watch television again. There was a time in my life where I didn't watch anything at all. You, it takes three hours to put a baby down, and then as soon as you walk out of the room, they wake up. Yep. Or they whatever have to go to the bathroom, or they're scared or can't sleep. You know, it doesn't matter. You can't do anything. <laughs> and at some point, this just flips, and then they just suddenly start sleeping. When they're, you know, seven or eight, probably. And then it's fun. Seven or eight. So, and just to recap on the story, we're a foster parent for a 17 month old baby girl. Now, am I wrong? Like, now at this point, 17 months, we just put her in her crib and then she just kind of falls down. Like, she deflates like one of those, like, little, you know, when you unplug this time. Yeah. She just falls down and then she's out. Is that normal? Is that okay? Like, 
sounds amazing. Yeah. Like it's perfect. Oh, oh, that sounds perfect. I wish my kids did that. Okay. Not right, at, the so, older, at that age, they would just I'd hold them until they fell asleep. Then you have to like ninja across the room. Right. And get, yeah. get, get them down and not make a sound. They can't know that you've left. They can't feel the temperature difference. Any sudden movement and they're up. You know, you sneeze, you cough, you think about anything, they're going to wake up and just start over. Um, okay. So I guess we're, we're really lucky because we, we only had to deal, do that until she was like 14 months. But after that, she's been kind of just, I'm going to bed. See yeah, you. my daughter was two years to get her to sleep easily. And then we had another baby right after that. So we're right back nice. in. <laughs> Not a good call. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I want to also apologize to our faithful listeners from last season. We said, uh, we'll be right back, you know, next week we got a great show and we never came back. So just kind of some, some things that happened is just work was insane for me. I had to choose between work or, and, and my family, um, and the show. And I had to pick, you know, obviously the work and the family. So uh, I apologize for that uh, mojo. And we'll talk about him in just a minute. Um, started a new business and moved and we were crazy. Producer Brian, uh, y- you had to deal with children and school. I, was, I had a, I had a lot of things on my plate and it turned out that a lot of that <laughs> didn't not actually other. manifest. So it was actually a pretty relaxing fall, not having to do things. Um, I'm about excited to get back into things for sure. But yeah. all the things I had planned, a lot, I had a lot of uh, some business things lined up that were going to take a lot of time. I was taking some classes. I only did half of those. It turns out. So my, my uh, fall actually ended up being really, relaxing for me nice (laughs) and magic man you you kept telling me how tough work was for you so uh it makes sense still is (laughs) so i appreciate you being here uh it just made sense for us to take a break Uh, i I like the idea of seasons Uh, around september is when i get completely smashed by stuff so we're gonna you know just go until september and then take a break we'll maybe do a thanksgiving christmas special and then uh come back on january so um i do apologize for you guys uh, some of you thought that we died and had the covid so now we're, we're still here um while we were out though i did make you guys chris christmas presents and uh, instead of just going out and buying something, uh, I decided I'm going to go, I'm going to make something. And if nothing from uh, 2020 said um, love was, was meatloaf, yes. uh, that was our whole show was based around meatloaf. So uh, <laughs> I decided I'm going to make you guys mini meatloafs. I handed them off and I wanted to get your take on how those meatloafs turned out. Uh, Mojo is not with us. Um, and again, just to follow up with Mojo is he, um, again, he's running a business, bought a house and just is again, too much on his plate. said I need a break. So, uh, he will not be back for all of season five. He could come spot in uh, every once in a while, but we still love him. We're all good. No hard feelings. Everything is perfect. Like he's my brother no problems but uh he just need a break and i completely understand that yeah we just lost our mojo that's all we we literally just <laughs> lost our mojo you waited all i've been waiting for uh, since you called me like a week ago to tell me <laughs> i've been waiting yeah <laughs> nice so uh, going back to the christmas gifts the the meatloaf 
Ryan, did you get a chance to eat said meatloaf? It's still oh sitting in the freezer. <laughs> still sitting in the freezer. That's okay. That's all right. I'm going to then defer to oh. producer Brian. Producer Brian, what are your thoughts on this meatloaf? Well, uh, I ate it the same day you brought it over. Eat right. So uh, I believe you, you. It was around four thirty or something. Mm-hmm. You dropped it. Uh, at 11 p.m., I was digging into that meatloaf because I was hungry. So, okay, I thought it was pretty good. You know, um, I don't have okay. any complaints about it. It, it. There was a sweet note there, though. I don't know what that was. Was it a brown sugar or something in there? Because there's something sweet I could not place. So, Jim, you can uh, chime in on this. So, how I make my meatloaf. Okay. Uh, here's the official rules. <clears throat> so, I start off with meatloaf mix. Which is is beef, pork, lamb. I don't, which I don't didn't know existed until a few weeks ago. Right? Are you shaking your head, Jim? I was because I'm thinking you're getting something out of a package. And I'm like, Lord, please no, don't let. Don't, but uh, okay, I get it. The three meats, I, I got you from the deli. Not the not the McCormick package. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Lord, no. That's wow. No, look, it was you know it's it's fresh meat. They just get all those and then you know grind it up and make it. So it's the the meatloaf mix that you get at the store. Uh, so I bring it home. Uh, I chop up the chop chop up the onions, put those in, and then I get the the rich crackers, put those in. Okay. Uh, I, little hint here: I use the garlic and butter, uh, rich crackers. Uh huh. Gives it a little bit of flavor. Uh, this is going to sound like a leftovers <laughs> menu. Um, and then I get Parmesan cheese, put that in there. Uh, ketchup. We've got some uh, Worcestershire. Is that how you say it right? Worcestershire. Anyway, that sauce. Yeah. I believe, was it, was it your, let me get into it, but your episode, I believe there was some contention. It actually did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, Rosemary corrected her, but it didn't make it on the show. And it's Worcestershire. Worcestershire. Okay. Every time I hear the word, I think about that. The movie uh, it was a Big Daddy, I think, with uh, no Mr. Deeds. It was Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler, where they go to a place called Winchesterton Fieldville. <laughs> so every time I see a bottle of that, that's the word that comes into my head is Winchesterton Fieldville sauce. But you know, it's not. But yeah. Okay. Hey, that's kind of like that town west of here, Rutherfordton. Rutherfordton. Gets me every time. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Rutherford, that's yeah, Rutherfordson. And I've been Rutherford here forever. And I should know that, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, Worcestershire, Worcestershire, um, uh, and then some some mustard, and then you know you, you you mix it all up, and then you put it in the little ramekins I've made for you. And here's where it gets a little. This is where your sweet part is. And then oddly enough, I get my clean finger. So, I, you know, I walk, my whole hand's clean, but I get my finger. That's <laughs> a clean finger right here. Uh, <laughs> clean finger. And, and I poke holes in it, in, in the meatloaf, and then I drizzle honey over it. Uh, and then hey. I'll get more ketchup, more honey, and bourbon, and mix that all up, and then put that on top of it. Put it in the oven. Voila. Huh. And you said Mojo's not coming back this year. Why? Well, Mojo, <laughs> I asked him as a chef, professional chef, how did you like my meatloaf? And he said, it was really good. I wish I had more. Now, I don't know it's if that means he it wanted more good. for like spackling or like what he was going to do with it. But I would say it was, I've never had a meatloaf that tasted like that. 
in a good way. It was good. It was a little smoky. I don't maybe I don't know what, where that came from. One of those ingredients. Probably probably my clean fingers where it came. Maybe from. it was your clean fingers. You were smoking <laughs> cigars first. I don't know, but uh, it. I, I liked it. I would eat it again. I can't. So you know, my thought was to replace the holiday fruitcake with a holiday meatloaf. Right. Okay. I like uh, it. You know, people. You know, for fruit looking cake has a bad rap, probably anyway. But I'd much rather eat a meatloaf than a fruitcake. So absolutely. So anyway, and and I made. I don't know if if Leon's watching, but I made him one, and we didn't like connect. So uh, I ate it. So sorry. <laughs> I ate my meatloaf, your Christmas present. I'll make you another one, I promise. I said I would. Um, speaking of Christmas, guys, can I can I ask a question? <laughs> like straight up, do you still have Christmas decorations up? Ryan, you said yes. Out in yes. the front yard, yep. We got a snowman, and we got a, a Santa's mailbox, Santa's elf, and a um, Santa's sleigh with two reindeer, all lit up, still sitting out in the front yard. I guess we'll what take it down this weekend. What is wrong with us? Nope. Hey, I was sick this past weekend. I got an excuse. What's yours? You have an excuse. You know what it is? I said, why don't I have a, lo- a wife that takes down the Christmas decorations? And my wife said, why do I have such a lazy husband? <laughs> <laughs> like, touche. You're right. Well, I will admit that my wife, she uh, she did take the decorations down in the house and even took the tree out the whole nine yards. I, I remember Ooh. I was went upstairs, took a shower, came back down, and the tree was out by the the street i was like wow what did you do <laughs> wow she's amazing uh, my wife is amazing very here's amazing. the deal though like our christmas tree's still up and there's all still more christmas decorations inside the house like y'all this needs to go this needs to go hey i know people that leave uh christmas trees up all year long so they don't have to <laughs> take them down and put them <laughs> I'm I'm wondering in our Facebook live uh group is does anybody still have their Christmas decorations up? So if you if you have them up or down just uh, uh vote in the um in the Facebook live. Yeah, Jim, so, do you have yours up? We Jim do said. not. We okay. uh yeah, we went camping right after Christmas and came back right after New Year's and I don't know if you guys have uh tried to wash a camper before, but you have to <laughs> crawl up on a roof with wet roof and soap and yeah, so when I came back in from ne- nearly dying, they were already all down. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have a very strict regiment. We're, there's very strict times of when the Christmas tree goes up and when it comes down. When does it go up for you? It goes up the day after Thanksgiving. Okay. Because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. I don't can't start Christmas until that. Okay. And then January 2nd usually is when the tree comes down. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe the first depends. Usually seconds ends up being a day off anyway. If it's not, we'd do it the first probably, or maybe depends on where the weekend falls or if there's a day off in there, right. you know, some kind of sense. observed holiday, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Well, today we just said enough's enough. We're the only one left on the street that has Christmas decorations. So uh, we went out and took the uh, the wreaths down and, and whatnot, but they're still, still looking at the, <laughs> the Christmas trees shining bright over there. So there she goes. Hey, we got uh, uh, on the chat here. We've got Rodney Robinson saying, uh, "Down and wait, had none up." <laughs> That's right, <laughs> Rodney. Uh, they were moving during Christmas, so they yeah they did not have a Christmas tree this year. Uh, wait till next year, by the way, buddy. Um, all right, so producer Ryan, you have something you wanted to share? Yeah. So um, 
I got some breaking news today. I just want to share with you guys before we, this isn't even wacky news. This is serious breaking, breaking news. Um, so most of us grew up, you know, in the nineties, there was this dessert that was out. That was like, for me, it was like, you always saw the commercial for it and you really wanted it. But then you go to the store, mom mom was like, no, we're not paying for that. You know? But they've basically they've re-released the Vianetta ice cream dessert. You guys remember that at all, Jim? Hold you remember on. the Vianetta? Is Give that the one with the really thin chocolate layers rolled through it? It's like a loaf of ice cream. Yeah, with chocolate drizzle on it, and it was, it's a real fancy looking thing. I remember it, it being real, fancy, real classy. Uh, and you know, you wouldn't get it unless you had to. Like, it's probably a eight or nine dollar tub of ice cream, right? So you got to be a little bit you know what i mean oh yeah uh, <laughs> to uh to be able to afford that kind of thing so um i have the commercial pulled up here if you okay. want to show the original oh, yeah. okay. cool. 1994 we're going to test the limits of my technology use here um let's see if i can actually pull this off uh, where's the button at yeah so they re-released this dessert from it's the 90s and it always looked really good to me um Where's the button for this? See, I already, I already can't figure it out. Yeah, well, the, the horse I is falling down again. Is it? Yeah. Where, <laughs> by, the, uh, by the time, somebody's going to have to put this horse down. <laughs> here we go. All right. I don't ever run Zoom meetings. I'm not used to uh, doing this. Here we go. Okay, here we go. Briars has created a spectacular ice cream dessert called Viennetta. But despite its delicious premium ice cream, with its irresistible, crisp, chocolatey no. layers, Viennetta could leave you with one small problem. You gotta have the fancy glass and everything. We have the fancy No Viennetta from Briars. One slice is never enough. So, I mean, right? You get, you, I mean, would you pay $8 for that? It's yes. $8? Oh, Well, I think it was in like 1994. It's probably $20 now. I don't <laughs> Easily. Know. I just, it was, it's a very nostalgic thing for me. So I saw that and I got very excited because I may have had it once on a holiday because <laughs> it was a f- fancy ice cream. Sure. The wafer is some kind of like, there's some kind of like pastry in the middle too, I think. Oh, yeah. what, what are some other like things that you remember from your childhood that you're like, I've got to, this was the greatest thing ever. Oh, well, the sit down pizza hut was great. The, you know, late 80s. With the sit-down down Pac-Man? Oh, yeah. There was yeah. one of those in my dentist office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, I remember one of the things that stick out was <laughs> Ghostbuster uh, High Seas, the ecto, ectoplasm. Uh, the ecto-cooler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. God, I love those things. I used dude. to put I bad would... stuff in that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Buddy, that's a genius move right there, sir. Well Ever done. clear an ecto. Well done. Uh, I'm well, you're, you're like, you got 10 years on me there, I think. So, you know, you were playing a different game. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I miss cheese lo- tidbits. They're like yeah. Cheez-Its, but they're the little long-shaped crackers. Careful. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> and uh, they quit making those, I don't know, about 10, 15 years ago. But huh. before that. Yeah, I remember I used to snack on those when I was a kid. Missed those. Cheese tidbits. Cheese tidbits. Look them up. Huh. I got a little ear nugget for you. Okay. Anytime we talk about having chicken for dinner, 
what runs through my head is my mother singing the theme song to Ragu's new product. I feel like chicken tonight. Oh yeah. Chicken tonight. That stuff is still made in other countries. We just don't (laughs) buy it here. Not legally, not legally here in the U S but you can still get it. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, speaking of food, gentlemen, have you heard of bean dad? This was, um, a Twitter, uh, riot outcry, if you will, last week from bean dad. Have you guys heard about this? Uh, there was a dad in the U S who, uh, went to Twitter to boast how well of a father he is, uh, by this, uh, example. His 11-year-old child came to him and said, Dad, I want beans. Gave gave him a can of beans and said, make me beans. One, I'm already suspicious. How many 11-year-olds give them a can of beans and say, I want this? Anyway, that was the story. Oh, if they're beanie weenies, 11-year-old me is all over it. Sure. I I think it's just beans. Oh, okay. Uh, Then the dad said, uh, also came to him with a can opener. Dad said then at this point, this is a brilliant teaching opportunity for my daughter. Uh, Explain then, uh, I will not, uh, we will not eat until you figure out how to use and open the can. He's never instructed her on how to use a can opener. And he said, figure it out. Mm. Uh, Then at that that point, um, she, you know, tried to figure it out and didn't and, an hour passed and this two hours passed. Let me stop you. Is this an electric can opener or like a manual squeeze? Can, can squeeze, yeah. Figure okay. it out. Like a I can't figure out how to use an electric can opener, just to be clear. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I've never been in a match uh, that. <laughs> the new diet craze is you can only eat foods you can open up with an electric can opener. Oh. <laughs> uh, so two hours pass, three hours pass. Uh, she starts crying. And he's like, just, you got to figure it out. We're not eating until you do. It ended up, she finally figured it out at hour six. And he went to to Twitter with a long, uh, detailed explanation of what happened. A re, uh, reenactment, or not a reenactment, but a, <laughs> you know, he retold the story. And then he thought, this is the greatest thing. I am the greatest dad. And then... Twitter said, um, no, sir, you're a horrible dad and just plowed on him like crazy. <laughs> so as fathers, what, if your, your, your child came to you and said, I'm hungry, I want beans, and you say figure it out, are you going to help her or are you going to make her figure it out? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not in the place. Like, I've let my kids, here's the thing, I don't like messes, first of oh. all. There you so, go. Like, my wife will let the kids make their own uh, sandwiches. Like, we don't have peanut butter in the house because of allergies, but sun butter and jelly sandwich. We let the kids make that. It stresses me out so much because there's stuff everywhere. Finger, like, uh, so I'm the just let me do it. Give me the thing. I'll feed you right now. Let's not talk about it. Uh, I do. We are. I'm trying to teach some independence though okay. with other things. I'm trying to give the seven year old a little bit of freedom and not be so on top of everything but for the for for the most part i don't know i i'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle of that probably i could go either direction but the food i'm they're going to get it open and then there's beans on the floor and then i'm cleaning it up that's where i look at it you know so, so is being dad good dad bad dad 
probably not. I, I won't say bad dad because he might be a you know pretty good dude. But good. In this, this is bad. This is the bad thing to boast about on Twitter. Let's put it that way. <laughs> sure. Good decision, Baz. We'll say that. Uh, <laughs> Magic man, your thoughts? I know. Um, <clears throat> my my experience with uh, rearing children has been. I don't know, limited, because mine was a, a teen when I came into the picture. Did she know how to use a can opener? <laughs> she already knew how to do all that when I oh, got wow. her. <laughs> but I don't know. I would probably use it as a teaching moment, but not to say, hey, go figure it out yourself, but, you know, show them how to use it and how to do things. Yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of doing it, and then you're also showing how to do it at the same time. So that way, maybe the next time they would know how to do it, or you might have to do it sure, with them a couple times. And then, figure, then it's your turn. Yeah. 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 Jim, what are your thoughts? So this is funny that you went here because this this was discussed backstage at the show. Um, and I wondered <laughs> if it would end up on there. But I had an electric can opener issue. Um, so <laughs> so as a kid, um, my mom worked all the time. She was a single parent and my sister and I'd come home from school and we just try to figure things out. So my sister takes off to eat at her friend's house because they always had better food than us. We were like food stamp family. So my mom says, Hey, listen, I need you to finish heating up dinner. We already had this boil in the bag rice cooking. So she says, okay, I need you to open the gravy. So if you remember Franco American gravy, it was like 25 cents. So that mm -hmm. was dinner bag rice and Franco American gravy. Then while she's running up the stairs, she says, make sure you feed the dog. The dog ate canned dog food because he was spoiled. He ate better than I did. So I'm opening the dog food and in, into the pot of rice. It goes, Oh my God. That's all I could yell. Beef and my mother knew immediately what happened was that the dog food landed on the rice and not the, the gravy. So I really needed somebody to teach me this lesson because I kind of screwed it all up. But the, the end of the story is I scooped out the dog food, put the gravy on the rice and that was dinner. Wow. So yeah. But you know teach how to, use, how to use the can opener. I yeah. did. I totally did. She, your mom just needed you to learn how to read a label. Really is what it was. You mean pay attention? No, no young boy can pay attention. Sure, absolutely. Something I like that. You. Recently, I put the wrong. I put ginger, ground ginger instead of ground like garlic powder into something. Mm. <laughs> it was something that did not need ginger in it at all. <laughs> so, who was that, Vianetta? <laughs> <laughs> it was ice cream. No. Uh, yeah. All right, let's go to some wacky news brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you need a fantastic cigar at a reasonable price, check out our friends at Watchman Cigars, watchmancigars.com. Yeah, so uh, we've got a couple of things here. Uh, I'm going to put these in a different order after that last thing we talked sure. about. So it. speaking of outcries on the internet, uh, a women's fitness magazine had to apologize for suggesting people need to burn off their Christmas calories with exercise. Absolutely. All these like medical professionals chimed in saying it was, uh, see what is the actual thing. So women's fitness magazine apologized for a tweet, encouraging people to burn off in quotation marks, those Christmas calories with exercise. The tweet was condemned by health professionals for promoting the damaging notion that movement should be punishment for eating. Because exercise is too often portrayed as a way to burn off food. It's not seen as an enjoyable part of life, and therefore long-term health outcomes aren't often achieved. This is a registered nutritionist. Uh, mm. So, yeah, this is a British fitness magazine suggesting you should exercise after eating a big meal. That, that 
should not you should not exercise after a big meal because you shouldn't burn off those calories. Well, they're saying there's like this stigma, like it's to send this mixed message about I don't know if it's even body image or exercise is supposed to be fun, maybe, and not just about health. You know, I think this is. You know, maybe, maybe I don't know if Jim's a marathon runner, runner or not, but exercise is not something I think of as being enjoyable ever. <laughs> I like hiking, I guess. Maybe that counts, but I don't do that for the walking. I do that for the nature part, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just yeah. the fact that they're criticizing a fitness magazine for suggesting you exercise. I can understand where if they're coming from the point of view of, uh, hey, you you probably ate more than you should, um, woman. So get skinny, like just that that type of body image. Like I can understand that. Um, like that's not good. You don't want to tell your wife. Like, yeah, you don't want to. It's not body shaming necessarily right. here. Yeah. I think yeah, it's it's what is a fitness magazine supposed to tell you to do? Like in general, like <laughs> just just take a nap and hibernate yeah, like a bear. bear. What's the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it just, I don't know, the outrage there, it's like, if this was coming from any other, if this was like, you know, food magazine telling you, you may maybe go take a walk after the three pounds of Christmas ham. Sure. I can see the backlash there, but this is fitness yeah. and it's women's fitness. It's not even it's like, I don't know, the people reading this probably didn't eat the three pounds. They probably just like looked at the ham and had like a salad. <laughs> they licked it. A brownie, you know, I don't Oh, I don't, I don't get, I, I just don't get like the exercise people. Clearly I don't. So <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's just, you know, being offended for the sake of being offended here is what it felt like to me. All so, right. Yeah. Anyway, do you guys remember uh, this little artist called Celine Dion? Celine Dion. Yeah. Well, a British man apparently is a super fan and he got a little tips. And so he's been spending, let me back up a little bit. He's been spending most of 2020 watching old Celine Dion concerts. This Which is who doesn't? 30 year old. Sure. Why not? Whatever. You've got to binge something, right? Um, sure. It's just either liquor or Celine Dion. That's what I think. Uh, <laughs> Clearly both on this one. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to, we'll get to that. Uh, so he's a big fan. He's a 30 year old British man. I want to reiterate that for a minute. Uh, so on Christmas Eve, he drank, a little bit of champagne mm-hmm. apparently had thought of he decided to fill out an online application to change his name officially to Celine Dion Celine Dion and then forgot the whole experience <laughs> until maybe I think it was said several days later he got the paperwork back <laughs> from the government saying hey you have re- requested to change your name legally to Celine Dion sign here so after like some serious like being floored about this he goes oh wow i can't i don't remember doing this at all he went this is amazing and he signs a paper so like it didn't even it's like yeah this is amazing basically how much champagne um, do you have to drink to get to that level uh, i this don't was remember a, this article. he says a magnum so i don't know what the size of that is is in mm. Champagne. Someone this Google is a family magazine. show. This is a family <laughs> show. Maybe Facebook can chime in on that, but I think it was a lot. Clearly. Maybe not. Maybe it's lightweight. I don't know. 
Oh, this is going to go full circle. Remember those Magnum uh, ice cream bars? Those oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those look good. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the Oreos I posted a few weeks ago. That's what I should call those with the like the like triple stuff Oreos. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so he once he sunk in that he did this, he signed it. He said he loves her. So uh, he's trying to, you know, he's 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 being good hearted about it. He's hoping that people laugh at it. I laughed at it. Um, He says he's not in a hurry to change it back. He's going to see what kind of perks comes with that, you know, being his name. So, you know, he said, you know, his singing voice hasn't changed, but he's still a super fan and he, he thinks it's okay. I don't know. It's, it was bizarre. <laughs> Jim, Jim, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind there? I think that is just absolutely hysterical. <laughs> I, I love it. I absolutely love it. If you could change your name to one celebrity, what would it be? So it's funny. And, and, oh. and I mean this in the nicest way. Um, I've actually thought about changing my name in the last week. Because the Facebook police don't like you to be anything that's not your driver's license name. So I'm like, well, for 50 bucks, I'll just make my first name bearded, my last name home cook, and then they can't say anything. Hmm. I just don't know how my wife would really respond to that Mrs. Bearded. Oh, she'd be yeah. Mrs. Home Cook. How's that going to go? Well, <laughs> listen, as as a man that referred to his wife one time as Mrs. Biggin, that did not go over well. Ooh. That did not go well. Don't ever do that. I said, yes, ma'am. Um, so I guess technically, because you're on Netflix, you can say you're a celebrity. So there's that. Uh, Verified now and all the social media things. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got no blue check marks. I'm not that cool yet. But we'll get you there after this episode. Don't worry about it. Yeah, this this look. Netflix didn't push you over the over this the, the rails on that. One this this will we'll do it. Magic man, what would you change your name to? Oh gosh, that's a good question. Well, I could go close to uh, some of my initials. How about Jr. Oh. I don't know. No, no. What is that? Uh, I said Al Borland. Like, oh, Al Borland. Yeah, Al Borland. There you go. I don't think so, one. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before this week, I might have changed it to Kanye West, but now they're getting a divorce, so maybe I should do it and still see if I can get half the settlement. What? There you go. Kanye yeah. and Kim are getting uh, breaking hitched. Nani na na. Wow, I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right, last one here, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is as political as I feel like getting tonight. So, um, and this is a Texas Dickinson, Texas. Um, after a run, runoff resulted in a tie, the new mayor, this is happening tonight as we record on Thursday, January 7th, okay. the mayoral race is being decided by the pick of a hat. Like there's two names in a hat and someone's going to stick their hand in and pull out the name of the mayor. So they've been doing this for a year. The original election got pushed back because of COVID. Um, so they had a runoff vote which turned out these are these are the results of the runoff it was 1010 votes to 1010 votes so i'm a math genius but if you put those two numbers together it's 2020 oh yeah right that's some twilight zone stuff that's right right um So um, this is the next unsolved mysteries on Netflix. How did that happen? So literally, 
there's no the charter the town charter if you have a tie there's like nothing there's nothing written about how to fix this uh -huh. so the state law makes you cast lots so they're literally it's you're gonna pick names out of a hat to decide a mayor race i just that's that's what we should be doing as a nation, probably. But anyway, you know, you say you think that that's surprising, but before this whole G uh, Georgia Senate runoff, they were going to see if they could just have the Puxatani Phil just come out. Oh yeah, there you if he saw his shadow, then the Republicans would win. If not, then the Democrats would win. So you know, they blame China for hijacking the weather or something, and the shadow, you know, sunny, sure. cloudy, whatever. Absolutely. Oh, I mean, why not? Why not just you know? draw it out of a hat we should have yeah. done that with the presidency so that's the wacky news uh if you have suggestions of things you want to talk about please email me at headlines at sfpradio.com if you see something utterly stupid you want us to talk about on the show that's the place to send it absolutely all right so we're going to move on to our special guests we have special guest music now and now our feature presentation Beautiful. I love it. Uh, this is brought to you by Operation Decisive Victory. This organization helps our veterans. Uh, please check them out at OperationDV.com. They will uh, go above and beyond to make sure that our veterans are getting the best service possible. All right. So, Mr. Jim Purvis, the bearded head cook, the home next cook. show. I'm sorry. Bearded home cook. What did I say? You said head cook. It, he is the head cook. Well, oh, I stopped cooking heads years ago. I got in trouble with the law. That, that's probably fair. Um, the bearded home cook, the Netflix show, best leftovers, uh, best leftovers ever. Sir, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, Jim, tell us a little bit about how this whole thing started for you. Like, uh, from what I've heard, it 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 even started way back a long time time ago with some some news about your daughter. Yeah. So this is crazy how like full circle, small world things get. So uh, Shelby, a week after her 16th birthday, was diagnosed with a high risk form of leukemia. Um, not anything any 16 year old wants to hear, let alone, you know, your child. Um, so she was homebound significantly, couldn't go to, you know, proms and dances and football games and all that type of stuff. Um, so because I mean, I've always been a foodie and she obviously being my child is as well. We'd all sit there and just watch cooking shows. Uh, Gordon Ramsay being probably one of the most, uh, you know, known celebrities on TV at the time, especially, um, she was offered the opportunity to have her wish granted, uh, from make a wish of central and, um, uh, excuse me, <laughs> central and Western North Carolina, their office is right here in Charlotte. So we've come to know them really well. Wow. And she either wanted to go scuba diving with whales, pretty okay. ballsy or go meet Gordon Ramsay on the set of hell's kitchen. So next thing you know, seven weeks later, poof, we're off to California. Coolest thing in the world. The guy is absolutely remarkable. And Shelby was phenomenal with art. So when she was homebound, she would draw all the time. And it was amazing. So we're backstage with him and Chef Andy and Marino and all these folks. And they're like, hey, you know, what are you going to do with your art? And she had no idea. And he encouraged her to go to Johnson & Wales specifically. He knew that being in the Charlotte Metro, Johnson & Wales was here and said, use your art there. Well, fast forward, he stayed in touch with her. She goes to school, she graduates. And on the five-year anniversary of her wish, she prints out the MasterChef 10 application that says, Dad, now it's your turn. You need to go try this out. So my oh, butt wow. jumps in the car, drives down to Charleston with a grilled cheese sandwich. Wow. Yeah. So can you talk about the MasterChef experience and how to yeah, what happened absolutely. That? So <laughs> it's funny. I get there at 8.30 in the morning. So they're going to eat cold food. 
but uh, you know, I kind of did the McDLT on it and I kept the hot side hot and the cold side cold. Okay. Oh, I remember that. Yes. Yeah. So I had two different coolers, one with hot water in it, one with ice packs. And it wasn't just a regular grilled cheese sandwich. It was an open face brioche that I did with Gruyere cheese. Then I slow smoked uh, pulled pork, made a homemade red wine barbecue sauce. I did a vinegar based Napa cabbage slaw for the side dish. Um, and then I brought my smoked bacon stout beer because I'm a home brewer. And so I put on this wow. whole plate and I was the first guy there. Well, believe it or not, I get in the elevator and some dude tries to jump out of the elevator in front of me to be Mr. 101, as we call them, because the number started at 101. He was the first mm. guy they kicked out. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. But beyond that, I actually made it through multiple interviews online, in person, um, sent them all kinds of food pictures. And, you know, I was told off the record that I was in the top 200. They were just waiting to make final decisions. Didn't get the call. So, well, you know, that's okay. So I started the Bearded Home Cook channel to try and help just A, get better at being in front of the camera and B, teach friends and neighbors how to cook simple stuff. Like I made pasta with a fork, you know, like easy things because all I'd see is these trucks showing up with blue apron boxes and home chef and whatever it's, I'm like, come on guys, you're spending 60 bucks or whatever it is a week. You can go to the store and buy this stuff or go to the farmer's market and I'll show you how to cook it. So Mm -hmm. that started the Bearded Home Cook. So tell us a, a little bit more about the bearded home cook. How can people like, is that your passion is you just don't want people to use, you want to bankrupt blue apron and, and <laughs> put them under business. Is that like, why, what else is behind that? The bearded home. cook. So if you go onto a lot of websites and look at recipes and you watch the videos, they're hard. I mean, mm. hard. So I try to put together something that's about 20 minutes, you know, that it's just an easy recipe, but it's super wholesome and super tasty. And so this way, when you watch it and you go, oh, wow, I probably could do that. So the entire first season was all about simple, simple, simple stuff. So I didn't break out any home electronics. I didn't do any sous vides or anything crazy. It was literally just simple things you can do in your own kitchen with your family and pretty cheap. Um, and, And really, it was I don't want ads on the videos so that it stops you in the middle of something. You're like, oh, gosh. Or have you ever been on one of these recipe channels and then it just pops up ad after ad and you're trying to close them all because you're in the middle of something? Absolutely. They tell their whole life story before you get the recipe. Right. And so this is short and sweet. Here's what it is. Here's the recipe. Click here for the video. That's it. So it's on YouTube. It's on thebeardedhomecook.com. And that's it. Every month I put out a new one. And so we're on season three. So we're breaking out some of the kitchen toys now because I think everybody's grown up a little bit. We're past kindergarten and now it's time to start to run a little bit. Nice. Uh, so what are we working on this season for, for that? So it's funny. I had to wait until the leftover show came out to start doing it, but part of it is going to be repurposing things. One episode mm-hmm. is going to be fun and we can touch on this more because you and I've talked a little about, you know, teaching people how to be really good with their money and, and make mm-hmm. good meals, but I'm going to literally do like the college dorm cabinet and turn okay. it into cold ramen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Soft boiled eggs, the whole bit. Nice. Um, so, so you're doing the bearded home cook, then all of a sudden, how did, how did that transition to the leftover show? So one of the, the, uh, casting people just bigger than life, amazing person down in Charleston wearing a bacon and eggs t-shirt. So, you know, she's awesome. You gotta love it. (laughs) She's standing there and just giggling and laughing and having fun and talking to me. Well, when it all didn't go down, we became friends on, on Instagram, which I mean, Instagram's a beautiful thing. And so I get this direct message. She's like, hey, you're in North Carolina, right? Yeah. Uh, do you know how to barbecue? And I was like, please elaborate, because other parts of the country don't know barbecue. Let's just sure. make it right. 
Texas does, Kansas City, but you go up north and forget it. And she's like, you know, like slow smoked meats. I was like, yes, yes, I got this. Barbecue, real barbecue. <laughs> right. So she says, okay, great. I'm going to put you in touch with a friend of mine casting for a barbecue show for Netflix. I think this would be right up your alley if you really like to do that stuff. And I'm like, absolutely. So I talked to her friend. We get everything going. I send a bunch of pictures. And then she goes, okay, I need you to make a brisket. Are you kidding me? What? You want what? She's like, yeah, I need you to make me a brisket. Have you guys made brisket? I have, yes. No. It's it's no easy task. I hadn't made one until that point in five years. And that was only the second one I'd ever made. And it was pure trash. It was awful. I had to throw it away. So yeah, I'm making brisket. That, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, <laughs> they couldn't have said a meatloaf. I I could have gotten that job. <laughs> well, I didn't have the clean finger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well done. So they they're like, okay, so now you get a video of the whole thing. You got to send us pictures throughout. They want to make sure you're really doing it. I mean, let's mm. be honest. People can fake anything they want. And they said, all right, we're going to send a barbecue judge to your house. Um, he'll be there at 630. So make sure you're ready. So my butt's outside stoking the, the smoker at 430 in the morning to drop this 15 pound slab of gorgeous beef. And um, yeah, the barbecue judge shows up. And not only is he a barbecue judge, but he is a master Kansas City barbecue judge who is in his 60s, been doing it for 40 odd years. And I had to put a plate of food in front of this dude. And I'm just like, here you go. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Was lot of fun. 12 hours enough on that? <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, it worked out perfect. I am all about wow. rapping at the uh, at the stall, and it was like butter. He looked up at me, and he goes, did you make this barbecue sauce? Because I don't know about you guys. The first and last thing you taste to me is the barbecue sauce. The meat's there in the middle, and you're going to enjoy it. But I'm not going to go buy a dollar thing of barbecue sauce at the Harris Teeter and put it on my meat. It's not going to happen. So I do it with red wine, and it's only four ingredients, and there's no liquid smoke. I'm already smoking the meat, so I just make the sauce perfect. I, you like that or don't like that? I do like that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't. Okay, sounds yeah. real good. All right. <laughs> just making sure. Yeah. yeah. So, so he, he looks down again. He keeps eating it. He's like, did you make the Texas toast? I said, of course I did. I'm not going to give you somebody else's food. And then after he's done, he's like, okay, I can't tell you anything. <laughs> what in the world? What? So he yeah. sent this long email to the uh, casting director, and then he copied it and texted it to me and said that it was in the top three briskets he's ever eaten in his life. What? I was like, yeah. So yes, I'm going to need a brisket with a grilled cheese. That's all I know. Salt, black pepper, or did you do anything fancy on the rub? Or do you just. So I take one tablespoon of black pepper out and I replace it with cinnamon. <sighs> okay. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Uh, sorry. I'm do you just... not like cinnamon? No, I just. It's the wheels uh, turning. Very smart. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it this way. Red wine barbecue sauce, cinnamon, mulling spice. It's warm. It's inviting, and it's different than the guy next to you. Absolutely, yeah. You got to you got to differentiate different. Uh, yeah. big, you got to make yourself different. That's the you know the bourbon is working. Goes out of horse. So of course um, they send me all kinds of emails. Hey, you know, and ask me all kinds of questions. Hey, and guess what happens, Biggin? Uh, nothing. You get nothing. Right. They go. You know what? This this might not be the show for you, but we've got this one. I'm like, oh, okay. Here we go again. Now, was this the the? Because I know that there's one on Netflix just about smoking meats and yeah, and that so that was it. You could have been on that one. The the one that came out right before this, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wow. was an American Barbecue Championship. Okay, so it was another yeah. cooking competition. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I haven't seen that one, but everyone I know said you should watch this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, 
Got it. Worst part for me is I'm watching it going, I can kick her butt. I can kick his butt. Oh, I'd totally smoke that. Oh man, I could cook with alligator. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, and, and you're just sitting there on the sidelines like put me in the game, coach. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Mm. Well then, but you got good news. You ended up coming up on the on this leftover show. Yep. So they said to me, okay, here's what you're gonna have to do. You are gonna have to take a fried chicken dinner and turn it into something completely different. So that's what I did. Hmm. What do you think I made? Um chicken stir fry. No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I made a uh, corn peach and avocado salsa with the corn. I put the mashed potatoes with masa flour to make tortillas. And then oh. I slow braised uh, peppers, onions, and the chicken to put inside. Um, did a nice little radish and a garnish. And yeah. And so we had some pretty cool tacos. But mashed hmm. potato in the tortilla. I was like, why not? Why not? Huh. <laughs> okay. And then so you had to get that and then send that again, do videos and whatnot and send that to them, yep. the whole yep. approval process. Yeah. Wow. It was fun. I was driving to Myrtle Beach to um, do a, a work visit when I got the phone call and about drove off the road when they said, <laughs> hey, you're in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, so like I watched the the Great American Baking Christmas edition thing, whatever that is. And that that they start off with 10 people and then it's the whole season with those same people. And then they narrow it down to that. This one's a little bit different in that they they just start off with three and it's a whole new three different people per episode. So did, were you under the impression there was going to be a full season or just one episode? It wasn't until right before that we found out the formatting of it. Mm-hmm. But once you find, so um, the company that produces it is also the one that does top chef and they do nailed it. So if you watched either one, it could go either way. This one ends up in the middle because it's still pretty goofy. I mean, it was it was a hoot. But the fact yeah. that it was literally three people just going at each other, you know, for one episode was kind that of That sounds fun. bad. It's a family. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, I digress. We're just going to back that up a little bit. So the yeah. fact that three people are competing in a limited time span and then you get to go home. I mean, and when I say limited time span, like fly out on, I don't even remember what it was, a Tuesday morning right? Go directly to interviews, pre-interviews, then get shipped off to the hotel, get up stupid early. You're there on set for 12 hours that second day. And then poof, you're off to the airport. Yeah. I was wondering about the timeline, like how, what, how long you're in there, how long it says you get 30, is it an actual 30 minutes to cook? Is there like, here's, this is what you're going to give you any clue or is it just like, here you go, you have an hour, boom, go. It's, it's literally, they, they walk you through to see the kitchen just so you know where you're going to line up because you have to have your stage marks and stuff like that. And then when they say go, when it's time to go, that clock really starts and the food in the fridge is really something I've never seen before. Like, oh. and, and if you saw my face, I mean, when you start pulling out <laughs> the meat and the cheese, like from the, you know, the, the crudite and I mean, the cheese stunk, the French onion dip was nasty. And oh. then you see that, that seven layer bean dip, like all that. Li- I mean, I was like, God, wait, when is this from three days ago? It was disgusting. Yeah. So I didn't know what a crudite was before this show. Just so you know, like I thought okay. it was a French revolution. Yeah, I, learned, I learned something new too. Crudite stadium, which takes a fancy word and puts yeah, it with yeah. a dumb American word. I feel like it's like, <laughs> what? Now, the workspace is tricky too, right? So they give you, you have a cooktop. So we're all used to about the size of your range at your home. And then you have a workstation immediately to the left of it. That's about the same size. Did you see the size of that game day stadium? 
It's it massive. Good. Yeah. It's like purple broccoli or something in there. What was that? Oh, gosh, yeah. Where do you put it? Like, there's nowhere to put it. So I started stacking stuff up on the stove so I could prep, then move it so I could turn it on. And it just, it went pretty downhill. How how do you practice for something like that? You don't. You 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 say, like, you go to a friend's house and be like, all right, what's in your fridge? Let me go see what happens. No, no. But anytime we brought something home, I did look at it and go, what could I do with that? Mm. But yeah. No, we're, we, we don't have friends, so we don't go in there. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I know the feel. <laughs> yeah. So going through the show, like you've got, you're competing with two other folks. You've never right. met them before. Um, right. And just overall, like you, you could tell on the show, like you were nervous, like, and like it was just adrenaline pumping yeah. through the, through your veins. Like, what is that like when you have just a limited amount of time and you've just got to go, go, go? You, you can't stop to think, which is mm. the worst part, because you really can't. You are just flying by the seat of your pants. So there's a bunch of stuff in the refrigerator. You saw that. And you're trying to figure out what can I do, but you're moving while you're doing it. If you just stopped and just went, okay, hang on a minute. Let me, but your, your heart's just beating out of your chest. You cannot function. So you're like, oh, and it just starts going through your head. Well, um, what you don't see in the episode, and, and I can share this because they clipped on it a little bit, is that Masa and Masa flower are two completely different animals. Hmm. So if you're familiar with the grit, because I think we're in the South and everybody understands a grit, yeah, you right. can't make grits in five minutes. Nope. Am I right? Absolutely. Well, you get the instant Quaker kind, you can do it in a minute in the microwave. You know, but you're not Southern. Just can we take yeah, that's not the same. <laughs> yeah. He gets a timeout. <laughs> so because masa flour is, is well ground up, you can literally make a tortilla in five minutes. You put hot water in it, let it rest, mix it up put it in your little press and you're off to the races. Yeah, so you cannot do that with masa. It's got to sit in that hot water for a good 15 minutes or more, but I don't know that mm. there's no bag. So I put this stuff in. Oh. And I'm, so I made a bunch of tortillas. I put them on a the little tortilla pan on top of this induction stove that didn't want to heat up and I'm pulling them off and they're falling apart. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to at least put some sauce on them and see if I can make these things work. Like maybe it'll be more like a tamale. It's going to work. Right. I put the sauce on it and they're just falling apart because the sauce is hot. And the moss is not put together. So I literally just go and sweep it off of the tray, off of the counter, onto my feet, on the floor. So my cool shoes that I thought would look great on camera are covered in enchilada sauce. And I'm like, what do I do now? And there's like 12 minutes left. I mean, I burned 18 minutes. And I'm like, I don't even know what to do. So I went to start making the, the base for the tortilla again, get more masa flour and everything else. I went, oh, wait, I still have some in there. And I reached in. And it was dough. I was like, thank you. And I just humped it. When you were making enchiladas, right? So you had uh, some cook time in there. Oh, yeah. They did it in the oven and everything. Yeah. And I had to, again, you grab them, whatever pan you can get. So I use a nine-inch cake pan because that makes total sense for enchiladas, right? Why wouldn't you put them in a cake pan? I can't get them out. They won't come out. So I'm going in with two different spatulas, and they showed a little bit of that. But they're in the background like, Jim, Jim, don't lose it. And I'm like, you're making it worse. And I'm just trying to put it down on the plate. And I'm like, it's there. It's there. And there's like 90 seconds left. And it don't, 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 don't. I could not think. So I get it all put together. And then I get crushed over my bean selection. I don't know about you guys, but if I go out for for, uh, Mexican food, the food's on one side, the beans and the rice are all running all over the place on the other side. That's just how it is. Well, um, I was critiqued for not putting it in the ramekin. So Should next time I'll ramekin. borrow your ramekin. Yeah, well, that 
Yeah, I have opinions yeah. on the judges, so that's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, these were Christmas ramekins, so it may not may not fit. But anyway. Oh gosh, they're probably still eating meatloaf. Yeah, right? yeah, you gotta spend thirty minutes, or you know, kill yourself for an hour in the on the second round and still make it look good, right? I mean, that's yeah. The, that was so, fun, though. I'll tell you. But but while you're making this, you look over and the other guy is doing the same thing. What's going through your head at that point? I'm like, so Charlie and I had never met before and we're sitting backstage beforehand. You can't really talk. I mean, there's just, it is what it is, but he tried out for master chef 10 as well. So mm-hmm. we met some of the same people and everything else. And he's just a super good dude, right? Retired Navy, 22 years. And I'm just like, man, you're awesome. And then Nigella's on the other side and she went to culinary school and I'm like, what the heck people like, <laughs> I'm a home cook. What'd you freaking do to me here? I was so pissed. She told me afterwards, she's like, I swore when you got off the plane and walked down the ramp that you are a chef because you just had that chef look. I'm like, the look is one thing. You actually paid somebody to teach you how to cook. So all bets are off. Like I was, I was, I was a little mad. I was a little mad. <laughs> but you did great. Like, so, so you did that. And then, then you had to do another, uh, another selection of, of food. Yeah. Around two. Right. And when they open the, the refrigerator, as you see, it's all mayonnaise. Um, <laughs> and then there's three barbecue plates in there. Were you mad like, that it was, it was uh, not Duke's mayonnaise? You're like, Oh, this is going to be horrible. <laughs> it should have been Duke's. It's funny. Cause I was thinking that honestly, isn't that terrible? Um, but that's like the five minute grit. Brian wouldn't understand. Uh, <laughs> But I see barbecue with a little container on top. And I'm like, okay, this is cool, I think. And then they start naming them off. And one of them was like beef rib. Mm-hmm. And then there was pulled pork, which got me excited. And then there was smoked chicken. I could do something with smoked chicken. I could do something with pulled pork. But that beef rib, I was like, oh, boy, that could be super leathery sitting in a refrigerator overnight. Mm-hmm. So I got scared to death. And it was so funny because we literally picked off the boxes in the order that they were on the tray because we were all so scared. We had no idea. <laughs> And when I opened it up and it was pulled pork, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. Like, okay, guys. So I think I even did. I kind of like pushed everybody like, forget. Yeah. You, you were yeah, so cocky at that point. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's not, that's not good. Yeah, my wife goes, when they show this, it's not good for the, the guy that's saying these things, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I should have thought of that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But, but yeah, I was like, man, I can do something with this. And you have the same refrigerator, so you've already worked with some of those ingredients. So you can kind of – you can jumpstart your brain a little bit better because now you know the layout. You know some of the products that you can use. Mm-hmm. So it gets a little bit easier. So you go in and – so you started off with uh, the pulled pork and what else was on there? There was coleslaw. And yeah. Let me tell you, it was slimy. It was salty. It was, it was bad. So <laughs> when you see me rinsing it over there, I mean, I had to get as much of that off as possible. It was awful. So did they tell you how long the leftovers have been in the fridge? No. Because of that. <laughs> no. But I swear that coleslaw had a couple days on it. There's no doubt in my mind. It was, mm. it was pretty rough. Um, and if you've ever made a wonton, it's kind of like when you make a ravioli, you have to pull all of the moisture out of the inside. So the good thing is the pulled pork is already kind of dried out a little bit. So I was adding a little moisture to it with, um, sweet soy, uh, white soy. Um, so, but I still rinsed the coleslaw and then drained as much of that water off as possible, hoping that it wouldn't explode these wontons while they're in the steamer, which I've never used before, by the way, I've never used a steamer like that before. And I was like, 
I hope I can figure out how to do this. You thought said, Hey, let me throw some tea in there. Right. So <laughs> I wanted, yeah. I wanted to keep the North Carolina connection. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Asian food is made with tea. A lot of the times they'll use it as an aromatic. So I'm like, let me put the tea in there. So I'm, I'm running around looking for tea and I can't find it. Well, it turns out it was in a bottle. Like it's like, Risk. That, you know, that store brand iced tea, but it's unsweetened. And I'm like, dang, this is not a good idea, but I'd already dumped my water. So I didn't have a choice. So I put it in there and I put some spices and some salt and stuff in it. And I'm just like, fingers crossed. I, I don't even know what this tea tastes like. Mm. Yeah. And, and you knew, I mean, hopefully everybody's watching the episode, but you, you did a smart thing and pulled out all the, the, the ends of it. So it wouldn't be overpowering. And they, the judges complimented you on that. And, and that was funny. Um, I grew up again, pretty poor. And so if I could get pork fried rice, we had this little Chinese place I could walk to from my house when I was nine, 10 years old. And it was Hosaga Chinese, right? Like I remember every time they answered the phone and I'd always get those little pieces of red pork. And it was like the mm-hmm. end of the pork. I'm like, man, that is so good. But Love I'm looking it. at this wonton wrapper and I'm like, if I put that inside and somebody bites something that tastes weird, it's going to be awkward. So I knew I was going to do a little stir fry with some of the veggies. And I'm like, well, heck with it. I'm going to put that in there. And that's going to remind everybody of that kind of fried rice-ish, you know, mm-hmm. Asian pork, um, which definitely went over well, because I had no clue there was going to be an Asian judge. Um, I mean, we really knew nothing going into this thing, right? So yeah. he's up there and he's joking about all these Asian women watching it going, oh, this white guy make good, good one time. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. You were laughing the whole time because they're just up there cutting up. Yeah. And I mean, golly, it was so hard to work. It really was. Mm. It was awesome. Did, did you enjoy the judges uh, for the most part, like just their, their banter and whatnot? Unbelievable. You know, Rosemary being British is different, which is okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, we spent time around Gordon. You, you, you understand it. Jackie is straight up hilarious. And David is a comedian. I mean, he does a podcast and does all kinds of video stuff. And the dude is just ridiculously funny. But they know everything that you've talked about with, you know, production and casting in the past. So the, the Julia Child thing comes up. Oh, just, gotcha. oh, my gosh. They just like they know your life story and just keep finding new ways to just throw things at you and see what you do. Oh, I wow. TV, they're going to pull up anything. If you tell them, whatever you tell them is coming back at you. Right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so you know, all these applications, they're always asking people, you know, like, what's the least favorite food to cook? You know, I've learned by watching enough shows to never put something on there I can't cook. So, you know, my least favorite thing to cook is probably risotto because I make it pretty good, you know? Yeah. Vianetta. That's all I'm saying. So so you go, you make your, your wontons, you go in the back, you go in the, the, the Chinese little box. What's going through your mind at that point? when they're judging and coming up with a decision? So I'll tell you, honestly, I can't see anything that they made. And and that drove me crazy because Mm -hmm. you're so focused and they're so busy that I'm just, I see him get out the pasta maker and he's struggling and she's over here and she's talking about her food. And I had a feeling that she didn't put any sauce in her lasagna. So I'm like, okay, okay. We we might be okay here, but I have Mm -hmm. no idea. And then I'm putting it all together. And I don't know if you saw Jackie gave a big thumbs up to my, um, my dipping sauce for the wontons. Mm. Dude, that was bullets. It was garlic, ginger, uh, mirin, uh, scallions, uh, some soy sauce. Like that was punch in a bowl. And I'm like, nailed it. Right. And then the veggies, my, my knife skills, these were perfect cuts. They gave me crap Mm. about my appearance on the first dish. So I'm like, screw it. I'm going to show you, I can kill it. 
So I'm looking at it and I'm like, I won. I, I, I just, I won. I made those perfect little um, quick pickles and I used a mandolin for the first time in my life so that they were the absolute perfect slices. Like I had it all. <laughs> What's that? Wow. And you kept all your fingertips. That's impressive. You know? Oh my gosh. Every time right? I see a mandolin come out on TV, I'm like, all right, medic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah nobody got cut on our episode there was one episode like all three people got cut i'm like golly what's wrong with you but um and, and he puts his you know charlie puts his in a little bowl and i'm just like is that really dinner like i put together a dinner and he put together the bowl so when they're judging and they're critiquing and everything else you know they're saying good things and bad things about his good things and bad things about mine and bad things and bad things about hers because you know you saw it yeah. it came out pretty dry Sweet, sweet, sweet person just unfortunately made one fatal error in the baking process. But beyond this, if we talk too much more, then everybody's going to know about who wins and sure. how much money I got and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. So with that, uh, the, the $10,000 that you won, uh, what, what have you, what are you going to do with that $10,000? You know, it's pretty really, wild. They didn't really go into that like they did with other folks, but they didn't really go that with you. And, and I was surprised by that. So the, the judges walked over and asked me, and you know, it's funny because I mean, obviously I know your story. And when we had Shelby, we were told we couldn't have kids. So the fact that we had a child was miraculous. Um, so we had thought about adopting and we went through the foster process with, um, you know, DSS and everything else when we lived in Iredell. And we know tons of friends that fostered. And I said, you know what, if I had 10 grand and it didn't like, it was just, here's 10 grand, what would I do with it? And I said, you know what? I love to cook. I want to teach kids who are aging out of the foster care system. So maybe they're in group homes or they bounce around or whatever. They're 16, 17, going on 18 years old. I want to teach them how to cook, to stretch their dollar, but not go to the dollar menu, not buy mac and cheese and ramen soup. Like you can make really, really good stuff. Heck, I could show them how to make an entire plate of fettuccine Alfredo for about three bucks. Mm. Who wouldn't want that? Absolutely. So I, I said, you know what, that's what I really need to do with this because then, you know, I can invest it back into some kids that otherwise wouldn't have the life skill. And I'm sure other people are doing things like this too. We could all kind of come together and just give them another option, you know, maybe yeah. do it on a Friday night. So they could choose to either go hang out with people and get in trouble or come learn how to cook because they want to be better humans, whatever yeah. it is. Um, I had all three judges cry, all of them were crying. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I was holding it together this much. Yeah. So I thought for sure, I thought for sure that that was going to be a turning thing, but you actually have to cook well. They don't give you the money because they like you. Yeah. Well, so, but that's still on the table. Jim, if you could, and you know, that would kind of be, I was, my next question was going to be, if you could come up with your own cooking show, what would it be like? But that would be a really cool show too, to bring in these kids and teach them how to, how to make stuff on a shoestring budget. That would have been, I think that'd be a cool show. And, and it's, it's funny because, um, you guys, you see the, the Gordon Ramsay thing with the make a wish fundraiser. Yeah. So not to jump out too much, but one of the guys that contributed that actually made me eat all those hot sauces, mm -hmm. um, yeah. is my mortgage guy. And I mean, he and his wife and family are just amazing. And he, so we brought him some Christmas cookies as a thank you. Uh, Shelby made cookies for a, a bunch of the donors. And he said to me, he's like, you know, we really need to work together on something. He's like, we're getting into the foster program. I'm like, really? Like, oh, I mean, wow. you know, I mean, it is God puts people in your path. And he says, Absolutely. so instead of just like adopting children, we're thinking about adopting families and helping them stay together, help mm. the mom or the dad do what they need to do, help them financially, help them find housing, help them find cars, that kind of stuff. Let me, let me help them stay together instead of help the child while they're separated. And I'm like, dude, you're brilliant. 
And so I told him yeah. my thought and he goes, man, we're doing this. Like, that's it. Mm. And then I talked to somebody else who said, you know, maybe just put it on a channel and just make it its own YouTube thing. But here's the only part about it. If they can't touch it and feel it and make it, it's not the same. So absolutely, we really yeah, need absolutely. this COVID thing to go away because then you can have access to the, the decision makers to be able to talk to them and say, hey, listen, because I mean, I have every kitchen electric known to man. I could come in with hot plates and crock pots and air, you know, Instapots and all that other stuff and teach them tons of things, tons mm -hmm. of things. And then have somebody like Taylor and Meredith and those folks, you know, behind us saying, Hey, listen, I'm going to buy Instapots for everybody, or I'm going to help them do this or help them do that. And then send them off with the tools yeah. and the skills. Wow. That'd be killer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We just a side note on the foster care stuff. It, we, <laughs> The state's there and they give them options, but it doesn't, it doesn't do them the parents justice. It really doesn't. Um, so that's a fantastic, fantastic idea. So Jim, now that you've been on the show, what is it like, you know, just going through, you know, going to the mall or whatnot and people recognizing you and asking you for your autograph? Is it changed your life at this point? Nobody knows me from anybody, especially because <laughs> I'm wearing a mask. Oh, that's true. That's true. You know, I have, oh gosh, I'm losing probably three or four of them right now, but I think I have like 243 Instagram followers on the Bearded Home Cook. So yeah, I'm not famous by any stretch, <laughs> but I was super excited to talk to Thomas at the uh, local paper and yeah. he put together just an absolutely amazing article. I mean, he really, really understood our conversation and in no time flat. He's like, man, this is why I got, because it does, it touches on make a wish. It touches on starting something for the kids. I mean, from when I was a kid with the, the dog food, like he blew it yeah. out of the park. Uh, and the response to that has probably been almost as good as the show because wow. people are reading that and they're like, man, this is the kind of news you want to read. Absolutely. Like, the news right now sucks. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. So to have something that actually makes you feel good, you can go watch the show afterwards. Hopefully you watch all, all the episodes. There's eight episodes. I just did one. Um, I just did yours. I did two. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Because a couple of things. One, if everybody watches the show, season two will happen. I'm oh, asking for I'm asking for a return. I want to be oh, a judge. Rematch. I want to be comic relief. I want to be something. So I'm gonna work my angles, but everybody's gotta watch all of the all the episodes okay. so we can hit the numbers, get Netflix to renew this sucker. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna blow them up and be like, listen, y'all, I'll fly myself out there and I'll come in and throw secret ingredients in on people while they're cooking. I don't care. I'm coming Boom. back. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, have you watched the show? I have not, and I'm going to now. You're okay, we can't be friends. First place. <laughs> time out. He gets a timeout. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, no, that's 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 awesome. Yeah. So, uh, we will have the link to that article on our show notes. So, if anybody wants to check it out, they can read the article there. Did a fantastic job. You and Gordon Ramsay, like, how cool is that? Like. Like, you know, Gordon Ramsay pretty, pretty in, intimately, right? He's stayed in touch with Shelby. I mean, early on, especially just to see her kind of make the steps and get into baking school and everything else. But then, mm -hmm. you know, at the, at the end of this, he, you know, he says, Hey, you know, you and your girlfriends need to fly out to Vegas and go to my Hell's kitchen restaurant, you know, and I'll take care of it. And I'm like, wow, I had the, the privilege, um, you know, I work in the auto industry is my, my day job. And NADA, um, the big convention every year, was in Vegas earlier this year. So I got to go. And I know the experience she's in for. And it's out of this world. But then he says, oh, and by the way, I want you to come work for me. Golly. You do realize, like, that was, gosh, that was like four and a half weeks ago. And she's still home. Like, 
pick a restaurant and go, <laughs> go. Yeah. So that's what we're waiting for. So uh, from what I'm understanding is we're going to be three of her best friends. <laughs> <laughs> it did say girlfriends, so you, you might have to do a little drag show, but yeah. We can just identify. Been there, done that. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was my college years. Oh, um, my goodness. That's amazing. You- like, when he said that, I was just, I saw her mouth drop. I saw your mouth drop, and I had to get mine off the floor, too. I was like, that is insane. Crazy. So, yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Is that on YouTube, YouTube. The, the, the Wicked Wish thing? Yeah, yeah, it's on Gordon Ramsay's YouTube channel, and then yeah. I believe there's a link also in the article. Um, there was. I, I need to go. I saw yeah. you post about it, and I never got a chance to go actually watch it. Okay, so you're on timeout again. Sorry. Well, I'm out. I just, you know, yeah, I'm no, the I only get one that hasn't been on timeout. I want to because you know you had the hot ones guy on there too, right? Yeah, Sean. And I love. I watch that all the time. I love yeah. that. He's amazing. He's and amazing. You, they sent you the the last dab, right? Did you? Like, <laughs> All right. So this is funny, right? I get it. I get a, a call from the Make-A-Wish office here in Charlotte. And they said, hey, um, for the event, they want to send you something so you'll have it. And I'm like, OK, cool. Right. I'm thinking it's T-shirts or something, you know. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, I give them the address. I hear nothing because this was planned for probably eight or nine weeks. There was a lot going on because Gordon was traveling, doing his Nat Geo show and so on. And then a box just randomly shows up close enough to Christmas that other gifts are showing up. And it's from New York with no from address. And I open it up and it's a bunch of hot sauces. And I'm like. Who sent me hot sauce? I have no idea. And I'm looking at them and it just, it, nothing is clicking with me. You know, I knew Sean was going to be on there and stuff and I knew who he was, but I hadn't really been watching the, the hot ones. And then it's like, as you're getting closer, I'm like, all right, now I'm going to start doing my homework. I'm going to start watching Markiplier because I want to be able to make sure I know who we're dealing with. And I mean, awesome people. And then I watched the hot ones. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what that was. So during the pre-show, you know, we kind of threw it out there. Hey, listen, we're at 30 grand. If we get to 31, I'll put hot sauce on, I don't know, a cookie because Shelby and Shauna, my wife, were making cookies. So I didn't have hot wings. So I'm like, I'll put it on a cookie, right? It's the one of the milder ones, La Caliente or something. Um, and then we're trying to move it up and move it up. And we were short by like 1800 bucks of my final goal. And I said, listen, you know, if we get to 35,000, I'll do all five of these hot sauce. And I already had them laid out. And it's not happening. It's not happening. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm only on the hook for two. And then that's when Taylor and Meredith went and dropped 10 grand on it. And I was like, Mm. (laughs) great. But now I got to put hot sauce on five cookies. I won't be able to taste anything for a week, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I was chugging Pepto. I was chugging milk. Uh, Limes do work. I was shocked. Um, But it was just holy macaroni so on that on that video i watched gordon and he was drinking something that looked like eggs was he drinking eggs he was making these like smoothies um Uh. and he had pepto in the smoothies (laughs) and i mean he's done it before so he knew what he was in for i've done a hot a hot sauce challenge um i don't know if you guys watch uh good mythical morning uh, but uh, rhett and link did one a few years back and flashbang was the hottest sauce they had and it's like I think it's like 5 million Scoville units. It's something just ludicrous. Um, and that sent people to the restroom um, yeah. regurgitating. Um, I survived, but barely. So I was like, oh. okay, I could do this. But man, when you get to Apollo's last dab, that stuff's no joke. It's like 2 million Scoville units. And it's as hot as you think it is. Ooh, no, sir. How much On is a cookie? Carolina Reaper? Don't know, but Four. Uh, we used to grow Reapers too. Uh, I do not even know. Uh. Yeah. It's the hottest pepper, though. 
It used to be. There's a hybrid now, and it took oh, over. That's Some right. dude in Britain. Yeah, jerk. Yeah, scientists have Brits. nothing better to do, so they keep making hotter peppers. Right. <laughs> sure. All right, Jim. Uh, again, let's plug the Bearded Home Cook. Uh, where can people find you and uh, hear and watch the videos? So Facebook and Instagram, it's just at Bearded Home Cook. The website is thebeardedhomecook.com, but I also have beardedhomecook.com in case you screw up and forget the the, it'll redirect you. Um, and then YouTube, Bearded Home Cook as well, links on all that stuff. Link to the article as well on uh, Facebook and Insta. Insta is where I put almost everything and then just push it to other channels. So if you want to be in the know on what we're cooking and get in on some of our polls, like I polled people, do you want to do breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Mm-hmm. So uh, the next episode after this uh, cold ramen is going to be a breakfast uh, just blowout. You're going to love it. I love breakfast. It's my favorite. How about beef? All right, we've got a yeah, we've got a show uh, a game for you. It's called the Wheel of Leftovers. And producer Brian put another AirPod in. These things are uh, dying on me here. Okay. (laughs) Producer Brian is going to uh, to walk you through this, but basically, we've gotten our leftovers for the week. We've put them on a a wheel. We're going to spin the wheel, and you'll tell us, and we'll tell you what ingredients are are in it, or you know whatever you need, and then you kind of tell us what you would make with it. Sure. All right. Yeah, I have a couple of choices here on this. So basically, I took the, I took the meal plans. This is a hypothetical SFP leftovers because I eat a lot. So there's no, not a lot. These are leftovers. these are my actual leftovers. Yeah. So I, I looked at Biggin sent me his meal plan. Ryan sent me his meal plan. I looked at my meal plan and put like twelve things on the on a wheel. Oh my gosh. Okay. So the, on, this me, is kind of I've spun it a few times. This is going to be terrible. I just want you to know that up front. I didn't really put any Ryan's food on here because he was he's on some weird diet and nothing looked good. Protein but, uh, shakes. Yeah, it's protein shakes and uh, like diet propel or something. I, I forget what it was. It's electrolyte. <laughs> yeah. Protein. Zero. Yeah. And I'm on keto. So there's a couple of keto based things here. So I want to do, uh, do you want like two or three at a time to, to kind of play with? Let's fire a couple and see what you got. I mean, are right, these composed so, dishes that need to be redone? Or yeah, some of these are like side items, and some of okay, these are okay. like meat items. So okay, we'll, we'll see what happens. This might be a, a yeah. Let's do three, yeah. and then he can kind of pick out of those. All right, so I'm just, yeah. I have the option to do a three. So here's oh, this is too easy. Okay, I'm gonna do the hard Stop one. Stop it. No. <laughs> let's give it, let's give him that one. All right, we're doing easy. So I, I, I just pulled a, a group of three. I, I hit a button. I got a spinner. Give me a group of three. The first item was roasted carrots. The second item was a cheeseburger, and the third item was broccoli. Okay. So I guess make something that's not those things to get like completely what, what they would do to make you on the show, you know, make dessert. Yeah. Out of that. I don't know. <laughs> make dessert. Make um, dessert. <laughs> you know what would actually be kind of fun with that? So um, I would cut up the cheeseburger. I'd steal somebody's children's um, string cheese, cut little pieces off. Wrap it in some rice because everybody has leftover rice. Um, and then use the bread from the cheeseburger to crust the outside, make an arancini. Then I would blend the carrots with some tomato sauce to make a really rich kind of, you know, like veggie sauce. Um, and then just put the broccoli right in the sauce. Okay. Oh, all righty. All right. So you did practice. Let's see. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> so I you could have used my cheese sticks. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all about that string cheese, man. Yeah, man. The clean finger. Uh, I, you know what I would have done? I would have just put the broccoli on the hamburger and called it a day. Right. <laughs> what about the carrots? Well, 
I'll show you that. You could have made meatloaf out of that, probably. Right? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to spin this again because. I'm, I'm having fun here. All right. So, all right, here we go. This is actually three main courses at one time. So, oh gosh, three days of food, shrimp pad, CU. How do you say that? Which I don't even know what that looks like. Uh, roasted chicken and our cheeseburgers back. Why does our cheeseburger keep coming back? It's, you know, it's American. So roasted pad, like pad thai. It's so it was shrimp. Pad thai? Uh, shrimp yeah. Basically think of it as shrimp pad thai. Okay. All right. So on that one, uh, the first thing I do is I take the shrimp out and I would mince it up and make shrimp toast, right? Give it a kind of an Asian flair. Mm -hmm. And then with pad thai, you've got noodles and vegetables and stuff. So then I would turn that into an egg frittata, uh, which would be a really kind of a cool twist on it. So you could have like this breakfast lunch kind of jammy jam going on. The cheeseburger is really just a waste of time. So you just cut it up and put it in the frittata at this point, right? We've already handled the cheeseburger. And what was the last one? That was it. I thought it was the, the shrimp pad thai, the cheeseburger, and what else you have? Roasted chicken. Oh, roasted, oh, roasted chicken. chicken. Yeah, yeah, roasted chicken, roasted chicken. What would you do with roasted chicken? I mean, really, you could put either one of those proteins in the, the frittata, but, you know, roasted chicken, at that point, you, you break out the cream cheese and you just make yourself a nice little uh, spicy, uh, what is that, uh, uh, buffalo chicken dip? Oh, okay. All right. So all right. Lots, of, lots of, like, quick eats. Love it. That's fantastic. All right, so I've got this will be the last one here. I've got I've I've picked two of the most the hardest ones I could put together here by randomly sure. selecting. Sure. <laughs> yeah, let's just see what happens. So going out with a bang. Yeah, why not see you know why you won that ten thousand um, dollars? So keto chili, which basically means no beans. Right, okay. right, right. Ribs, let's say pork ribs. I don't know. Was there was a pork ribs? It I was a uh, country style ribs. Like pork. Oh, okay. 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 And then, um, a blackened shrimp avocado bowl, which is like a taco flavored, like taco seasoning on shrimp, black beans, yeah. corn, avocado. And I use cauliflower rice. So just to make it interesting. Ooh. Oh, goodness gracious. I mean, the avocado is brown by now. Can we just all agree that that's probably going in the garbage? Yeah, I'll give you that. <clears throat> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, I mean, realistically, what you've just done is you put together the best nacho plate ever. <laughs> well done, sir. Well I mean, done. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I hear you. Now, well, granted, okay. you know, keto chili has butter in it and it doesn't have tortilla chips, but we're not all on keto. So I'll eat it and you don't have to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that's to be a keto leftover. That's just what's in my, yeah, yeah, through the, yeah, through the yeah, three yeah. things were for my meals this well week. Done. Good <laughs> job. Nice. Awesome. Thank you. Jim, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Uh, the Bearded Home Cook, thebeardedhomecook.com, uh, Netflix, uh, all of season one. Don't just watch episode two that he's on. Watch all of it. Like it uh, so that uh, Netflix gets another se season and Jim becomes a, an international chef star. That would be fantastic. <laughs> um, again, thank that you so much awesome. for coming on. The next quarter. Thank you, guys. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm too nice to be that guy, but that's you know, probably I can throw a pot in the once in a while. He's really nice to kids. Yeah. You know, and then this, everyone else is, is interesting. I love watching that guy. So, yeah. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap up the show. Thanks again for tuning in to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Uh, again, next week we will have Mr. Uh, Robinson on uh, from Operation Decisive Victory. So uh, we will uh, 
look forward to having him come on. Sorry, Mr. Foreman from Operation Decisive Victory. Guys, it's been an honor to be with you. Thanks again for hanging out with us. And uh, we will be back next week, Season 5, Southern Fried Philosophy uh, Podcast.